This is a Crow's Nest podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Damsels Who Discuss. I'm Gally, and I'm discussing Disney with... I'm Alexia, and I didn't know we were discussing Disney. That's a joke. I did. (laughs) Uh, How silly. (laughs) We discussed so many things. We discussed so many things in person. It's fair. It is true. There is a multitude of topics. Anything, I mean, it's it's literally anything. (laughs) It's literally anything. This is what happens when you're friends for fucking ever (laughs) yeah it's just you slip into that thing where it's like random meme and then existential question yes yeah life-altering news yeah it's all great it's all great (laughs) well i think today we have um i don't know if you would call this a feel-good story it's a story part of it feels good like rubbing your back against a tree probably feels really good I'm sure that it does, but I also have super sensitive skin, so I wonder if that wouldn't be, for me, not good. But we were just talking earlier, by happenstance, about bear fur density. Yes, we and were I'm talking thinking, about bear fur. <laughs> and I'm thinking with uh, bear fur being as dense as it is, that they would totally like uh, a scratch on a tree, because it would probably be able to get through that um, that super thick fur. Also, I'm sorry, I knocked my pop filter off and had to put it back on oh you're fine i'm sure you weren't popping that much just popping off just popping off a little on bear fur on bear fur on bears on bears and it's not even gay pride month no sadly it would have made these jokes a lot more funny (laughs) well i guess what we're saying is hey everyone listen to this episode in the month of june and it will be about 50 percent funnier it will be, and hopefully by then you'll have forgotten most of the jokes. So it'll be, it'll be a nice sort of like aha moment. Yeah, really. What we're recommending is to listen to our podcast from beginning to end repeatedly, over and over again, so that our words really get into your brain and into your soul. I'm not going to tell you how many times I repeat listen to certain podcasts. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> well, sometimes it's necessary, isn't it? I'm one of those people that likes, like, my mom is the complete opposite of me, but I like to repeat things, Mm -hmm. especially when I'm kind of maybe feeling like, you know, my depression is acting up or what have you. I just like to have stuff on that I've seen already. Yeah. So that's, that's fun for me and drives my mother insane because she, I think she'd rather, she hates rewatching stuff. She, she loves watching these. Every time I walk into the room, she's got something else on the TV and it's totally random. Oh, but rewatching stuff is like comfort food for your brain i know the joys of which i i guess she just does not want to know <clears throat> oh that's a shame agree well do we want to talk our actual movie today yeah and you did the summary your summaries are always one cohesive thing which i like <laughs> they, no, they try to be one cohesive thing <laughs> well as opposed to my double double approach i like that they're different different too like Mm -hmm. i like that we have two approaches to our summaries (laughs) but i'm not going to ask people to sound off on which one they prefer because i don't think that's fair it's not fair and don't do that and if you do it unofficially shame on you yes exactly i total i'm sorry side note before we get into it i know that like 
competition culture annoys me. <laughs> okay. I mean, well, this like, okay, like the constant need to up the ante on social media mm, where mm-hmm. it's, that's, that's more what I'm talking about, where it's all about interactivity and a lot of stuff that's contentious tends to get a lot of interactions where it's like, oh, who is better, this or that? Because it, it arguments are easy interaction. You know what I mean? It's pretty easy to engage with that kind of thing. I don't know. It drives me kind of crazy because it's always about upping the ante. Like it starts off with little pranks, like, you know, peeking around the corner and going boo. And then it ends up with crazy pranks, like jumping off of cruise ships because, you know, what gets more engagements? I'm being serious. I believe you. I don't, I'm, I think I'm too old for what's considered a quote unquote prank now. Oh yeah. No, I don't think that those are actual pranks. Yeah. By the way, I think that that is just, that is assault and harassment. But it's all like what gets the most interaction. Yeah. Sorry, this this thought connected very this thought connected in my brain because whenever I see those kind of things where it's like sound off what's better, there's mm-hmm. always so much interaction in the comments because it's just angry people going at it, but it's good interaction. Yeah, well, I mean, if we really want to get into it, I think the problem is the fact that um algorithms in social media like YouTube and TikTok and all of that other stuff don't really care about what's being said. It's true. They just care that it's happening. So if you can offend people and get people to rage on their computer and you get 500 comments of people saying you're a fucking idiot, for whatever reason, the algorithm is like, oh, that's wonderful. Let me show your video to 5 million people. And I hate that. I know that this is just me like proselytizing for no reason. I'm like, that just drives me nuts because that's not actual good content. And it annoys me because it drowns, it drowns out actual good content. Yeah, it's rage bait. It's so annoying. It's super annoying. Super annoying. Anyway, Jungle Book. Yeah. So hopefully on to things that are not annoying, but I don't know. Sound off in the comments. No, don't. (laughs) Sound off nicely. Sound off nicely. You know what? Compliment us in the comments. Yes, that is guaranteed to get you interaction. Yes. (laughs) So let's get into it with The Jungle Book. Yes, please. The 1967 animated classic, The Jungle Book, is a fun and lively jaunt through the Indian jungle, tinged with racism and an overall message that you only belong with your own kind. But really, we all remember it for being the fun jungle movie with the silly bear who scratches his butt against a tree. What comedy. Loosely based on some of the words and letters found in Rudyard Kipling's 1894 collection of short stories, The plot of The Jungle Book is if Tarzan grew up in India and lived in a diverse neighborhood of animals. A naked and afraid baby is found by the least hungry and most maternal panther in the jungle, Bagheera. Bagheera understands that he's best as a cool uncle and not a mom, so he manages to work with the local pack of wolves and has them raise the hairless man cub cub, as their own, affectionately naming him Mowgli. Or... As Rudyard Kipling's own daughter claims it's pronounced Mowgli. But she also said that Walt was pronounced, I hate Walter Disney. So take that as you will. That is a direct quote. She literally said, I hate Walter Disney. She and Pamela Travers would love each other. (laughs) The author of Mary Poppins for people who don't remember. Yes, yes. And probably a lot of other original creators that Disney adapted. that's That's what you brought up last episode. You're probably right. Yeah. (laughs) When Mowgli is about 11, otherwise known as the dreaded beginning of puberty, 
The wolf pack determines that it's time to force him to go live with other men, because otherwise he's going to get himself killed by the king of the jungle, Shere Khan, the tiger. Bagheera volunteers to lead Mowgli to the nearby man village, who will surely accept this wolf boy who can't speak human, only eats uncooked grubs and raw meat, and probably doesn't know the definition of bath. It's going to be a walk in the proverbial park. But this turns out to be more of a stumble through the jungle, as Mowgli and Bagheera face a series of animal adventures that really sidetrack the whole quick trip to the man village. This includes a slew of slumbering scenarios with the sly snake, Winnie the Caw, a short <laughs> lesson in militarization with Colonel Hathi and his brigade of barely there elephants, meeting Bagheera's life partner and even more fun uncle, Baloo the Bear, a jazzy interlude with the monkey man himself, King Louie, and how to waste time and make friends with the Beatles. I mean, a suspicious group of Liverpudlian vultures who just want to be friends. But of course, we can't leave the jungle without Shere Khan, the tiger of the hour, making an appearance. Things really get deadly when it's bear versus tiger as Baloo and Shere Khan battle it out in a dramatic thunderstorm. Through a series of pure luck and the fact that tigers are 40% elastic, Mowgli <laughs> manages to catch a tiger by his tail and wrap it around a flaming branch which drives Shere Khan away, finally proving who the real king of the jungle is, Mother Nature. Yes. Baloo and Bagheera lead Mowgli to the man village where immediately his libido takes over when he sees a pretty girl. Mowgli basically says goodbye forever or whatever to his animal family as he follows the girl into her village, hormones first. And mm. we never see him again. Until the Jungle Book 2, Electric Boogabaloo. <laughs> I, I, that, there, there is a Jungle Book 2. I don't think Electric Boogabaloo is the name of it, but I really <laughs> wish it was. Should be. It should be. Absolutely. I'm trying to find what it's actually called, because it probably has some stupid name. Oh, I'm sure it's like The Return of Mowgli or something like that. Oh, Probably. I can't find but, it that easily in here. Um, whatever. We'll get it. We'll get to it. <laughs> um. So, of course, I have a question oh. for you. Sorry. Oh, did you find the Jungle Book too? Oh, that's really disappointing. That is disappointing. Anyway, I'm sorry. Your question. Oh well, it's okay. I, it's the same question I ask every week that I remember to ask it. What are we doing tonight? Relationship. I wish. Oh, trying to take over the world. Yes. <laughs> Oh, what was your relationship to the Jungle Book as a kid? This is one that I I remember having my entire life. I cannot remember when we acquired this. I mean, this isn't meant to sound weird, but it's just, it's something that is ubiquitously in my past. I've always remembered <laughs> owning this. I've watched it many, many times. I liked it a lot when I was younger. I really remember liking it as a kid. I liked it as an adult. I liked it maybe a little less than I did when I was a kid, but when I was a kid, I... I loved this movie. What about what about you? Yeah, I loved this movie too. And I think that part of the reason why you probably had it um, for as long as you did is because The Jungle Book was re-released in 1978, 1984, and 1990 all in theaters. And that's, you know, so so they like continue to build up the popularity of this. Um, But I, I absolutely love The Jungle Book. I really loved Mowgli and identified with him as a kid 
And I think that this is also what probably got me super interested into snakes. Uh, I was like really hyper into snakes for a period of time as a child. No snakes for you. No, I, 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 I've seen the comics that make them look so cute with their little hats and stuff. And it's like, I'm getting okay to the point where like, I have a friend who has a ball python mm-hmm. and it stays in its Same. cage. <laughs> yeah. It stays in its cage when I'm over. Like they don't insist on taking it out and being like, look, look, thankfully. Otherwise I'd probably eat it out a window um, out of fear, not malice. I, <laughs> I'm really scared. Um, but I get to the point where I can like independently hang around the tank and like look in at this, this snake and look at it, but I don't want, them loose around me it's fair that's fair i don't know I mean, why i have no actual reason to be as averse to snakes as i am <clears throat> excuse me maybe maybe you're just indiana jones <laughs> you know how some people just have like the ick for certain like i don't like bugs yeah. i don't like lizards i don't like frogs toads snake like I think it's because the way they they all move in weird ways. I'm like cats and dogs, I can get. I can figure out what you're about to do. You guys, I'm like, what are, wh- what direction are you going and what's happening? <laughs> That's actually really funny that you mentioned that about cats because I um, knew a person who said that they didn't like cats because they didn't know what they were going to do. Like cats are so unpredictable. And I mean, I can kind of predict where their bodies are going to go. Do you know what I mean? Like based on the direction yeah. that they're facing. <laughs> I cannot Not tell. My cat. <laughs> Oh really? My cat has backed up. It's very funny when he okay, but like Leto can go backwards and forwards. I'm not expecting him to go like southeast or something. Like he doesn't move at weird angles, like the bishop on a chessboard. Those he's not going to suddenly launch vertically at you, right? Like some of the critters that I mentioned might do that. Yes. So that's that's where it is for me. I'm like I can kind of guess where a cat might go based on its range of motion no that that's totally fair like <laughs> i don't know which I, one direction it will go <clears throat> it's it's schrodinger's cat yeah <laughs> i'm sorry you were saying no i i, I totally get it like mm-hmm. i um i have the same thing with insects and spiders especially where i can't stand them but i have like a fascination with them where i will get like to a point close but i absolutely cannot deal with them in my house or touch them but mm-mm, mm-mm. For whatever reason, snakes, I'm like, no, nah, you're you're chill. I don't personally want to own a snake. No. I know people who have them. <clears throat> wonderful people with wonderful snakes. Yeah. Like my, like my friend that I was mentioning. They're snake they're they're cool and their snake is cool. I'm like it can stay there. Yeah. <laughs> Happily and gladly it can stay there. <clears throat> um I I'm also curious uh about your love of uh the original author of the jungle book rudyard kipling because both of us i think actually have a little bit of a fascination with rudyard kipling it's true so well you tell me yours for you 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 tell yours first mine could go on for a while i think (laughs) mine's mine's pretty short but i think that this was also because of the jungle book like i got super Mm -hmm. into rudyard kipling as well wanting to read all of his books as a kid and just just thoroughly being enamored by his storytelling ability um but that's pretty much where it ends for me i don't i don't have a tattoo and i certainly don't go by any name that is rudyard kipling related yeah so i think i mentioned it a couple times on this show i know i mentioned in my other one but i play roller derby and part of roller derby for most teams is you know picking a name 
And I wanted to do something that kind of like had a nod to my Indian heritage because I'm half Indian, but I look like I look. Go, you can go on my Instagram. You can see what I look like. I look like I look. Um, I look like I look. <laughs> it, yep. And I remember when I was young, I loved the this one VHS that I would get from the library all the time. It was the animated Ricky Tiki Tavi. I'm trying to remember that. I adored this thing. I checked it out so many times. So, and, you know, I'd read the book a few, the not the book, but the story a few times. I guess it's not technically a book. It's a story. I have an independent copy of it that is a book, but um, I'd always really liked the story. I thought it was cool for anyone who doesn't know. The very short version is that a mongoose um, is kind of adopted by a family and then a rattlesnake comes into the yard um, uh, cobra cobra yeah sorry I don't, I yeah because this is in reason. It, it is in india it's in india yeah yep so cobra comes into the yard and is intent on like biting the family and the mongoose is like nope and kills it that's the long and short story of that did you know that there was a 2005 no i did not animated version yeah <clears throat> no i'm gonna have to look into that one uh yeah. but yeah, I always really liked that story. So when I chose my derby name, I went with a uh, Nikki Tricky Savvy because I think I'm funny. I think it's very funny, and I think that's mm-hmm. that's great. Um, and I definitely encourage you to look at the 2005 animated <sighs> version because it looks very different from the 1965 animated version, which I'm guessing that's the one that you saw. Yeah, um, that has to be. Well, there's yeah, the 75 um yeah 65 it looks like this one's it looks like it was chuck jones this is the same one it says director chuck jones 1975 doesn't matter that is the one i'm talking about it came out before i was born um i'm sorry i have to look up this 2005 version yeah um yeah and the it looks like the 75 one yeah chuck jones so i think this is just a reprint of the same thing Oh, it looks like the same um, cover art. Hmm. I think. Yeah, I think you might be right, but that's fine. Yeah, We're not here has, to like, discuss Orson the... Wells in it. <laughs> We're not here to discuss non-Disney movies. What kind of about mongoose? About mongoose? <laughs> like we no. didn't spend like twenty minutes on Barbie last episode. whatever people can honestly if it bothers you you can genuinely skip ahead you can skip ahead to the parts where we actually start getting into things but bear in mind there's also a lot of side tangents so that you you, that may not actually help you can you imagine if we put in like trigger warning we're not talking disney no (laughs) that would be bad (laughs) i'd have to like put in a sound i would honestly just rather go in and edit random goose honks into our episodes that would be more interesting and more a better use of my time um, well, if we ever monetize this and we can add ads, you know what our ad break noise is going to have to be. Just a honk. <laughs> I did an interview for another podcast where I brought us out of ad break because I didn't know how to do it by doing a weird like barge horn sound. I just went honk. <laughs> Honking good news. Honking good I didn't know what to do. Um I to get into the actual movie though, as you you mentioned in your summary, Bagheera is the one that initially finds him. Oh, I want to back up to the very, 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 uh, very intro. 
Yeah. Because it opens the book again. It's always a book. I I want to find the library where they have all of these books. But the cover of this book is super boring. The other ones have all been bejeweled. This one was just like a normal book. Disappointing. (laughs) It makes me wonder if uh, this was another like last minute decision where they're like, oh, we need a better way to open the movie. I don't know. Let's do our usual storybook thing. (laughs) Yes. Um, yeah, Bagheera finds Moses, I mean, Mowgli in a basket <laughs> in the in the reeds and for some reason decides not to eat it, which would absolutely be the thing that happened. As I wrote here, a wolf or a panther would absolutely see a baby as a food offering. Yeah. Yeah. The thing but... is tiny, the size <laughs> of a potato, you could just nibble it right up. And soft soft and fleshy like any predator would just be like thank you huh i've heard babies are good eating you'll have to tell me (laughs) (laughs) that's for a different podcast (laughs) um but no bagheera decides like this jungle is full of the most domesticated predators because he's like well as you said he wants to be a cool uncle so he brings them to rama and raksha a pair of the most domestic wolves ever yeah (laughs) it's just like just baby panther sets off the baby alarm by barely touching it and the baby screams doesn't alert anybody else in the jungle whatsoever else in the jungle either yeah, Panther's just like, oh, let me just drop this off at the doorstep of a den of wolves. Why? The, Why? A literal den of wolves. And then the the den of wolves is like, got it, understood. Yeah, and he also had to like set the baby off to alert them that it was there. Yeah, they were inside <laughs> napping. They were they were done with their wolfing for the moment. Mm-hmm. But I guess like Bagheera has some type of like well, all of the animals seem to know each other in yeah. this jungle, and they're all friends with each other, and I guess nobody eats each other. No, they clearly don't, because everyone, as you said, is friends with everyone. Like, everyone talks to everyone. The elephant communicates with the wolves, with the panthers, with the snake. To be fair, I'm, all, I'm naming all mostly predators, and, and elephants are too big to be preyed upon, usually. No, but it does bring up a good, like, point. I don't think we really see prey. In no, movie. we see predators and scavengers, and then again, elephants, which are too big to hunt unless they decide to hunt in large packs. Yeah. Huh. <clears throat> so I guess what they didn't that? want to bring in any level of like, is it a conflict of interest when you're friends with your food? <laughs> I don't know what to call that. <laughs> There's a song in one of the, <laughs> There's a song in one of the Land Boots Before Time movies called Friends for Dinner when um the gang the because they're all herbivores yeah dinosaurs they go back and visit they like encounter chomper the the t-rex baby that they helped who's now a little older in the woods and chomper is like you guys should stay for dinner with me like he's actually being friendly and as he runs out the door he goes i just love having friends for dinner and then they sing a weirdly morbid song about the dual entendre of friends for dinner who i just keep thinking of um uh fish are friends not food from finding nemo <laughs> feels very much like the yeah <laughs> oh my gosh i just googled it friends for t- dinner land before time lyrics oh fabulous 
I'm not going to ask you to sing them, but I am going to ask you to read some of the lyrics. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. I'm just trying to find. I'm. It's. 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 Uh, let's see. Uh, friends for dinner. He just wants to have friends for dinner. He wants to have three three horn soup and Littlefoot stew. You wouldn't <laughs> think. You won't think it's funny when he chews on you. That's not a very nice thing to do to have friends for dinner. <laughs> and then it goes to Chomper, who goes. I'm going to get a couple of those, a couple of these, things from the bushes and things from the trees. I think they're yucky, but I know they'll please my friends for dinner. I guess that's kind of sweet. It is. I remember this uh, scene pretty vividly for some reason, but he's actually running through the woods and like grabbing stuff off trees and bushes, like really excitedly making a horrible salad for his herbivore friends. Because he's like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Can they eat this? I don't know. It's for them, not for me. Any omnivore that actually respects their vegan and vegetarian friends has sung this song to themselves. <laughs> Honestly, it's a really, I think it's a super cute number. And of course, back home, the friends are like, he's going to eat us. He only eats me. It's like, did you consider that maybe he's feeding you and not eating himself? Like, he'll wait till you're gone out of politeness, maybe. Seems like well, a nice thing to do. <laughs> it does. Well, should we do a uh, small time skip to go back to the jungle book and also move forward in time in the jungle yeah book. because they it tells us that we go forward basically 10 years yeah. 10 cycles of the rain and it shows Mowgli with a group of wolf pups and those cannot be the same wolf pups that he was rescued with no there's, there's no way no way no way this is a new set of pups yeah <laughs> And um, I think Bagheera as the narrator said that he was a favorite. And I said that it's because he can scritch all the good boys. And uh, I mean, yeah, when you have thumbs, mm-hmm. there's a lot of scritching you can do. Exactly. I bet he never has to hunt his own food. Just like belly rubs for for steak. Yeah. Um, also, apparently the wolf cubs were based on dogs from 101 Dalmatians. So some of that, that animation was reused there. I believe that there's a lot of I think they call them Xerox movies. We notice that there's mm-hmm. a lot of like reused footage. Yeah. Well, this is another another film that used uh, Xerography, which really is just Xerox. So we're mm-hmm. looking at the um, we're kind of looking at not finalized animation here. We're basically looking at rough sketches that have been Xeroxed and turned into final animation. We discussed this a bit in 101 Dalmatians, and I, I, it's it's really interesting. And I know you said you that, that you particularly like this animation style and find it very interesting. I find it interesting, but I just, I do like the classic, boldly outlined, polished-looking Disney. That's a personal preference. Yeah, which is totally fair. Um, yeah, but there is a lot of interesting about this, to be fair. How do, how, how do you like the backgrounds in this? Because... All of the backgrounds are are hand painted, except for I think the waterfall, which I don't know what it is if it's not hand painted. Yeah, <laughs> um, I this is a beautifully drawn movie. Yes. I I was a I think I wrote somewhere about the backgrounds. I don't know exactly where, but all the backgrounds are, as you pointed out, very richly drawn and colored. They're really pretty. It's um, it felt like a storybook movie to me. Yeah, like if you just paused, you could just use that frame for a children's book. Hmm yeah it has that sort of lit like yeah literary um illustration quality yeah but yeah so Mowgli ages (laughs) yes he's 10 years old now a new batch of puppies is here and all of a sudden there's a wolf elder council meeting at night 
and two things about actually several things about this the meeting is to discuss Mowgli's future because Shere Khan the tiger who is referred to as Shere Khan the tiger several times throughout this movie and not just as Shere Khan so it's like is there another one that's not a tiger you know Shere Khan the antelope (laughs) I bet there is I have questions (laughs) um yeah apparently so Shere I Shere Khan in the original story hates man and in one version of the original story i think he like tried and failed to kill mowgli so his grudge is individually on him but in other versions he just like hates man because of guns and fire so when he finds out there's a man in the jungle he's like everyone's like surely he's gonna come kill him so they're meeting to decide what's gonna happen to him which i mean I get it. Man sucks. Maybe Shere Khan has been pen pals with Bambi's dad, the prince of the forest, you know, like <laughs> it's fair. It's fair to hate man. Um, but I think that what Shere Khan's really missing here is the nature versus nurture. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what Mowgli even says in the next scene when Bagheera explains, well, we have to leave because Shere Khan, the tiger is going to kill you because he hates all man because of this. And Mowgli goes, we'll just explain to him. I'm not like that. Bagheera's like, you're cute. Keep moving. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Bagheera, exactly. I have two questions about this meeting. Number one, at at one point they call Rama his stepdad over, who is about two feet away from the circle, and they basically then are like, "We have reached a decision." He's heard the whole conversation. Yeah, I I had that same question too. I was like, did they tell him to like put his tail over his ears and don't listen to what we're saying? <laughs> yeah. Pause over his ears. Yeah. It's like, just don't listen to us. We're talking about you. Okay. <laughs> but apparently that works. And also it was specifically called a wolf elder council. You're doing there. Precisely. What is Bagheera doing there? Why is everyone friends? Like, not just friends, but like you can just interrupt an elders council meeting. Yeah, it's like they all work at the company of the jungle. The jungle. So, yeah, so they're just all like forced to interact with each other, and Bagheera is like a VP or something like that. So he just chooses to sit in on random meetings, hoping yeah, there he, will be food. <laughs> he knows everyone, and he's like in involved in everything. Yeah. I mean, he's a good uncle. He is, because he's the one who ends up volunteering to bring Mowgli to the man village. Which does kind of make me wonder how the story would have gone if Rama was like, no, I have to do it because he's part of my wolf pack. Because they all kind of immediately just go, eh, all right. Yeah, and... Be damned. <laughs> they, but they take him right away. Rama doesn't even get to say goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> it was an Irish goodbye. Uh, yeah, a forced one. Yeah. Even after hearing him passionately say, he's like my own son. Yeah. Oh, well, you never get to see him again. Bye. We have to make this movie just the right length. <laughs> we have to cut out any, like, I'm going to call them human interactions between Mowgli and his family. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Uh, and they immediately start on their 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 journey. And Bagheera may be a good uncle, but he is a terrible nanny. I mean, he also is kind of an uncle in this regard. That's like, fair. 
just failing at what are escort quests left and right (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) just like all right we're gonna we're gonna set up shop and sleep in this tree i'm gonna be a level above you just go the fuck to sleep kid like that yeah you know how to climb and sleep in a tree right no well all right we'll figure it out (laughs) all right let me just shove you up there yeah yeah push push uh and and how did bagheera not know that Mowgli couldn't climb a tree when he's supposedly been out with Mowgli. And he like, seems to know everything things. else. Yeah. But you're right. He's not a great nanny because who do they encounter in this tree but our good friend Sterling Holloway as Ka. And Mowgli is so unbothered by Ka. <laughs> he's so unbothered. This is they must have had interactions before. I mean, obviously Bagheera knows Ka, because yes. who doesn't? But Mowgli and Ka must have had interactions before. They must have, because... Uh, look, I'm I'm not a Snake fan, so yeah. my reaction would clearly be way different. But even if I was a Snake fan, that's a strange one. Who are you so, and what do you want? Stay away from my honey. Stay away from my me. Yeah. But... Ka has a a fabulous trick where he can hypnotize you. And upon rewatching this, I completely forgot that there were two Ka scenes in this movie. Yeah. Like, I forgot this beginning part um, because Ka also attempts to hypnotize Bagheera. Yeah. And Bagheera has this amazing look on his face when he, that happens. Boing. Yeah, he's just oh, oh. drunk. <laughs> Very. Someone just did a shot. But they do manage to, well, Ka's there because he wants to eat Mowgli, as does everyone. Bagheera ends up stopping him, and they do the best thing that I ever think happens to snakes, which is accordioning them. Like, (laughs) they sound like a little accordion when you push them together, um, or Ka does, at least, when he falls out of the tree. And I love that we actually play an accordion as Ka kind of, like, (laughs) leaves yeah, and as he falls into a heap, it kind of does a meow. Yeah. Which I did poorly, but that's the sound of like an accordion just like you you claps the bellows together. Mm-hmm. I I also wrote a little note that Scarlet jo- Scarlet Johansson could never mm-hmm. like I really like Sterling Holloway and I really like this version of Ka. And it Agree. is so different from the newest Is it the newest version? I don't even know anymore. I think so. Yeah. But the next morning, we wake up to a pretty cute scene where Mowgli is sleeping on Bagheera's butt, and Bagheera's got his tail wrapped around him. Aww. It's cute. It's so cute. He's sleeping on a branch, but we hear the Dawn Patrol. We hear the elephants marching. I Elephants on parade. Elephants on parade, yet again. <laughs> and they... They just, Mowgli just falls in to their military line. Like, the elephants don't care who apparently joins. No, he he just falls in behind this tiny, agreeable little elephant. Yeah. And, um, they do, they do a couple series of what, like, oh, crap, I'm forgetting the word for it. Um, practice, they're practicing. You know, they're, they're drilling. Drills. That's it. Yes, they're doing drills. Um, and 
they finally stop uh and we get uh colonel hathy who claims to have the best memory around it is very quickly thwarted doing a dressing down of everybody yes um and one elephant is says something about how he tried to transfer to another regiment mm-hmm. <laughs> or he's like waiting for that i'm transfer gonna put to a transfer through. to another herd yeah that's it that's it and i wrote down that being in this herd would suck mm-hmm. i i kind of agree um and I, but I do really like uh, Colonel Hathi kind of going off on like they they have a moment where one of the elephants says, "Here it comes, the Victoria <laughs> CrossFit again." Yeah, that's um, that's Verna Felton, by the way, uh, the one and only as Winifred the elephant. She's the one who goes, <laughs> who rolls her eyes about the Victoria Cross story. Yeah, I love it. I love that we can't get away from like old elephants thinking of past. I don't even know what they were doing. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but, um... Bagheera comes in. Yes, and he has had it with Absolutely. Mowgli. He's like, Mowgli, stop freaking joking around. We have a man village to get to, and you're half a man. And he says that he's going to bring him to the man village if he has to drag him himself. And then Mowgli grabs onto a tree. Bagheera tries to pull him by his shorts. Somehow the shorts don't rip. Bagheera loses his grip, which is absolutely not what would happen if a panther had his teeth clamped on your shorts. And Bagheera goes flying backwards into water, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and I wrote that Bagheera is such a cat because he immediately gets mad about that and is just like, fine, fuck you, and leaves. It's just like find your own way to the man village. Literally that. Oh, uh, but that's when we get um my favorite character. I think my favorite character of this movie. Because that's when we get Baloo. Yeah, he comes in and he's he's pretty nice to uh pretty nice smuggling immediately. He's like, hey man, what's up? Yeah, Baloo is super cool. He he is one hundred percent your. <laughs> best bear friend for life yes bbf he also might be on like bear weed or something because he's very chill he's super chill he's a sloth bear he is a sloth bear i guess he kind of personifies that doesn't he he does and he starts by telling mo he's giving mowgli a a roaring lesson and to do so (laughs) he demonstrates and bagheera being a cat hears it and immediately regrets abandoning Mowgli and just literally turns tail and Mm -hmm. sprints back to rescue him yeah and Mowgli tries to growl and this was this was very funny to me and only me because when Mowgli was growling and as as I was watching this movie so was my stomach like at that exact moment my stomach decided to growl and it was uh my stomach was harsher than Mowgli's growl yeah he's got a very like But this is this is also where we get, um, I would say, one of the best songs. Wait, before we hit the song, though, Bagheera yes. comes in and he explains to Baloo, like, I'm taking him to the man village, blah, blah, blah. And Baloo interrupts and goes, the man village, they'll ruin him. They'll make a man out of him. Yes! <laughs> I wrote Which that down, too. Um, 
And number one, excited to, to see Mulan in the future. Number two, he follows up by saying that he'll watch after Mowgli and I'll learn them all I know. And Bagheera laughs and said, that shouldn't take too long. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's when he gets into the bare necessities, right? Yes. Yes. Um, This is the song that I requested. Oh, this is such a good song. This is such a good song. Uh, It was written by the Sherman brothers? Am I wrong? Um, It says Phil Harris and Bruce Reitherman. Oh, well. But? Oh, well, that's who it's sung by. Oh, sung by. Uh, Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. It's probably written by them. They did all, did they do all of the music for this one? I don't know if they did all of the music. It says um, Ron, it says songwriter Terry Gilkison. Yes. Gilkison. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. This is one of the things I looked up. So mm. he had been the original person that had brought in to storyboard this and try and went originally with a darker approach to the movie, a little bit closer to the Kipling film. But mm. Walt came in and was like, how about we don't do that? And basically was like, this whole thing has to go. But the one thing he kept was this upbeat tune he had, The Bare Necessities fascinating that's why i was like sherman brothers they did all they did all except for this one. Oh, i'm pretty sure now that i've said it out loud though i'm wrong but they now, did a now, lot of, now you'll be wrong yeah they did a lot of music for it, but this one in particular was one of the vestiges held over by the previous um the previous guy hmm. terry gilkison or gilkison i don't actually know how to pronounce that <clears throat> it's okay he's probably dead <laughs> that's true all right, let's see. I'm just going to start from me getting on this one. It's yeah. such a fun song. I'm, so, I'm excited. It's fun. Look, it is. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities, old mother's nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam. I couldn't be fonder of my big home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fancy ants, then maybe try a few. The bare necessities of life will come to you. They'll They'll come come to you. you. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a fun song. Super fun. It's super fun. I feel like... um. You know how Sweet Caroline is a song <laughs> that comes on and like every white person is like, I need to sing this. Everyone needs to sing this. I feel like I'm this way with Bare Necessities, but I'm just not in situations where this just comes on. It's That's true. And I, I also like that this um, movie in particular, in not to say that other movies aren't, especially when we go back to 101 Dalmatians, which was just like a couple movies ago, mm-hmm. um, this soundtrack and this score is very jazzy. The, especially yeah. um we get for obviously we get into um i want to be like you which is extremely jazzy and i will talk a bit about that one because this movie did have a cultural warning in front of us this did have the disney warning mm-hmm. and we'll we'll be there super soon so we'll get to that then but yeah this song had not as jazzy but it definitely had an, an, a feeling of jazz i really like that it's fun it's it's just fun this the songs in this movie i would say aside from um pause song are fun Mm -hmm. 
Um, I also really like that Baloo seems to practice the KonMari method of living because he specifically says only keep what gives you joy. It's true. Yeah. It's deep. It is deep. Deep for a bear. Yeah. Um, and then he loses Mowgli. Yeah, immediately. He, they're floating in the river with Mowgli on his belly and the monkeys grab him and one drops onto his stomach and that lasts until he asks it to swat a fly off his nose and this monkey just whacks him in the face with a, like a branch, a stick, something. Baloo doesn't need this level of monkey shine. No, but he gets it. But yeah, Mowgli gets uh, picked up by some monkeys and uh, brought to King Louis, who likes to call him cousin. Yeah, he says, let's shake, cousin. Yeah, yeah. So this is what the cultural warning was about. Mm -hmm. It is. So there's two things and two things can be true at the same time. The first thing is that there has been a historical depiction of black people as apes, as monkeys, as chimpanzees, as primates. And it has been historically problematic and it is not, it has never been done in a, out of a flattering way. So once again, seeing a character that is, you know, supposed to be based on Louis Armstrong, who is a black musician, it doesn't sit well with a lot of people and very understandably so. Yeah. The other thing is that Disney says that that wasn't the intention, that they were basing him on Louis Armstrong because jazz was popular at the time. And there were characters in the original movie. I'm pretty sure I think that King Louis was in the original text. I meant to look that up. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So their argument is that, you know, this is we're they were portraying the hits of the time and it is mm. true that's why i was looking up jazz in the 60s and latin jazz and african jazz were extremely popular in 1960s america yeah which that makes sense yes yeah, so there's two things that can be true they it could you know if we take them at their word that it wasn't meant to be racist it's like okay and it could also be true that bear that in mind there's been a horribly problematic version I mean, um, history of of this portrayal, this level of portrayal, this manner of portrayal. Excuse me. <clears throat> I think that part of the the um, I think a part of the uh problem with the argument that it wasn't intentional is the fact that these are the only um animals in the movie that seem to have any type of race associated with them. Like mm -hmm. they have mannerisms that you at the time mm -hmm. would associate with a race or a racial stereotype. Right. And that's like, why it's it's like you they say they say <laughs> it was this intention. I'm like, I can't actually prove it wasn't. I have no personal way of proving that it wasn't. I don't think that it wasn't. I'm with you and that I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was intentional, but I'm like, if they say they can't, I can't prove it as a human being. I can have a suspicion, but Disney's official stance on it. Yeah. Well, speaking of Disney's official stance, um, mm. Abigail Disney, the grand niece of Walt Disney, uh, has pretty stated, cool, by the way. She does. Well, this is a direct quote from her. Mm -hmm. Anti-Semite? Check. Misogynist? Mm -hmm. Check. Or, of course, racist? <laughs> Come on. He made a film, Jungle Book, about how you should stay, quote, with your own kind at the height of the fight over segregation. As if the 
king of the jungle number wasn't proof enough how much more information do you need here we go then confirmed I yeah, love Abigail Disney. Disney. She seems fun. So yeah, then confirmed. It was rude. It, but it's one of those things where it's kind of like their official stance is. And it's like, can't you just be honest? Never. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? It's frustrating <laughs> when it's like, well, nope, we're going to stick to it. Even, even if you're wrong, that's, it's annoying because that's what they say. Yeah. But people love to double down on that. I know that they do, but it's like, listen, if you want, if you go looking for it, that's what their official stance on. And it's like, yeah, that can be true. Like, sure, if you say so, maybe it wasn't your direct intention. However, you cannot ignore how it's come off. Precisely. Yeah. Like, even well, if we pretend they were all ignorant and had no fucking idea. But well, I will say that at least the uh, the song itself is fun. I love this song. And it's i think this might is the best song in the movie i'm sorry i know that bare necessities is the one that everyone like remembers but i this one is so good this is like a like in my mind this is a close second because like i like both bare necessities and i want to be like you just get you up out of your seat and make you want to dance and want to sing it like it's a pro it's an approachable song um they both and are. i would not be opposed to you singing some of i want to be like it's if such- you want yeah, let me find that. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing what Google decides to fill in for you when you're looking for things. Sometimes it's very disturbing. It's crazy. I'm just gonna do the chorus. I like the chorus. Yeah. Oh my god, I backed my seat up one inch and my dog ran like 70 feet away from me. Scared. I know. Couldn't predict out. where that chair was gonna go. No, oh, never. <clears throat> Let's see. Oh, oh, we do. I want to be like you. I want to walk like you. Talk like you, too. You'll see it's true. Someone like me can learn to be human, too. Love it. It's such a fun song. There's, um, there's a small white-haired monkey. Yes, <laughs> that does a, does a... He has a little like interlude solo, yeah, yeah, and a whistle yeah. dance, yeah. And I know you haven't watched uh, the Righteous Gemstones, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to just <laughs> send you a link to a picture because I've watched the Righteous Gemstones, and this this monkey, for whatever reason, just reminded me highly of um, one of the characters named Baby Billy Freeman. It just, Does it baby Billy like Freeman whistle a lot? He he looks like he has fake teeth, so he kind of does when he talks. I mean, I don't think he does. Like he's played by a, uh, the actor Walter Goggins, who is like forty years younger than the character that he portrays. But uh, and yeah. the character, the, the character a whistler. But he he's a little bit of a whistler. He kind of kind of talks a little bit like like this. Oh, he's kind of talking through his teeth. Yeah. Um. Well, halfway through, I want to be like you. We get two things that I love: a Baloo interruption and scat. <laughs> Not, I'm sorry, that's what it's actually called in music. I don't we're fetish off the table. the The music form of in jazz is called scatting. Well, okay, totally, totally unrelated to what we're talking about here, uh-huh. except for the term. But this does remind me. Did you know that? Um, I think it's Disney is going to rename uh the musical stylings from star wars that are formerly known as jizz 
that's a stupid move, but it's such a Disney move. Right? Right? It's it's not going to be uh jazz. It's going to be um jats, like with a T in it. That's just dumb. Super dumb. But yeah, scat. Scat. Yeah, Baloo and Louie dance together with Baloo in a very quickly made orangutan uh drag costume. I love it. Um doing, and they doing their little bop Yeah, they beep up and scat dance around. And I I like that's again, that's very jazz. And if anyone is wondering what that is, scatting is when you sort of, well, it can be singing or rapping, but it's when you perform to music vocally without set lyrics. You just make sounds, but it's not just sounds like, ooh, wah, ooh, wah. There's a rat-a-tat-a-toot-da-ba-loot-da-da-doo-ba-da-zoo-da-da-dee-ba-da-ba-da-say-ra-do-it. You, you quote-unquote say gibberish. It's it's a precise kind of thing. And it, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not just babbling. You, there's there's a rhythm and a cadence to it. As you can see when they're doing it, they're doing it they're doing it to a tune and a rhythm. Yeah, it's a shame that uh, Baloo didn't glue on any of his costume, though. He, he didn't have time. He did this in like 10... He t- in the time it took Bagheera to sit down and open his mouth, Baloo put this costume together. And speaking of Bagheera, because Bagheera all... Like, both Baloo and Bagheera infiltrate to save Mowgli. Yes. And I loved uh, Bagheera's moment because he decides to hide as um, a statue. As a panther statue. It's a Very panther clever. statue just with his mouth open, like, ah, nobody noticed. Ah. Yeah, there's one on the other side of this doorway. Uh, the what He takes the pedestal of a crumbled one and just... Mm-hmm. And as he's about to grab Mowgli, Baloo blasts said door open and comes out doing his song and dance. Um, but as you said, it's too bad he didn't glue it all down because it comes off and he gets exposed. He gets what? exposed in two weeks, my god. I really like that someone says, how'd that square get in in there? And it's like, you were just vibing to his beats. Baloo is the least square. Like, not only in looks, in personality. Like, there's no angles to that bear. No. (laughs) Just in. He's just, he is. He is. round. (laughs) He is here, he is round, and he is now part of a Scooby-Doo chase. He is part of a Scooby-Doo chase. The prize of which is Mowgli. Well, I mean, admittedly, he gets him. They do eventually get him because they leave Louie holding up an entire ruin, which then just crumbles around him. Oh, yeah. All of those monkeys are dead. Very, very dead. (laughs) But, of course, this leads to Dad and Dad having a fight because Baloo and Bagheera are just like... Bagheera is complaining to Baloo about how dare you, how dare you attempt to take care of this kid and then lose him, not by your own fault. (laughs) And I think Bagheera brings something up that like you can't account for man's ability to get into trouble and is like, we are objectively good at it. It's a cat. Bagheera should know how much trouble you can get into. I think that's why he probably knows, you know, the whole take takes on a no one. Yeah. (laughs) As a fellow troublemaker, I can identify him. Um, um but Bagheera is the one who tries to like make amends and actually talk to Baloo. Like he's like, I want to talk. It's like, Baloo, could you come over here? And Baloo responds by saying, You're gonna talk some more. Right. Again, two dads fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Just having an argue. That's what this is. Yeah. Yeah. 
and it, it is this I actually like this interaction here and the one in the next scene after because I think that this is the early template for Wreck-It Ralph mm-hmm. um, with the scenes with Ralph and King Candy and then Ralph and Penelope because what happens in this is non-maliciously though Bagheera is telling Baloo or it's like this is the, I was like we're not, I'm not trying to take him out of the jungle because I hate him or you it's because like he's a human and this is you know he's young we could protect him when he was little he's getting bigger and we can't it's for his own good and Baloo eventually understands it but they have a little interaction yeah. in there where Bagheera asks you wouldn't marry a panther would you and Baloo says I don't know no panther ever asked me they're my they're my headcanon yeah Baloo and Bagheera are together it's very cute it's very they're, cute they're just working it out yeah um and Mowgli of course acts like any child would yes. when they think that a promise has been broken to him mm-hmm. it's just like you're not my real dad and then runs away well what he actually does is say to Baloo that he's just like Bagheera and that pisses off Baloo. And he says, that is a step too far. Yes. <laughs> How dare you? I don't have any responsibilities. Right. But Mowgli runs off. Baloo can't catch up to him. And Bagheera comes back. And is like, seriously? And Baloo, to his credit, is like, I told him the truth. And he ran away from me. And I think that Bagheera probably feels a little vindicated. He doesn't rub it in, but he probably is just kind of like, so you get it now. Yeah, because didn't Mowgli say like, oh, I would rather be a bear than a man? At some point, yeah. Which, I mean, move to San Francisco, you could be both. It's true. Yeah. Um, But Bagheera has a brilliant idea to ask for help from the Dawn Patrol. Yeah. Um... Colonel Happy, mm-hmm. who doesn't remember ever meeting Mowgli, and definitely doesn't want to go looking for him. But do you know who does want to go looking for him? Is it Shere Khan? It is Shere Khan, but it is also Winifred, aka Verna Felton. Yes. <laughs> well, she's she's also uh, Colonel Happy's elephant wife. Yes, and she is the one in this movie who uses the phrase pompous old windbag. Pompous old windbag. We have to have it. Yes. Also, I want to just point out the voice of Colonel Happy is the same voice who played Cyril Proudbottom in Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Oh my god. (laughs) It's a very different um, level of maturity. Yeah. Extremely. Um, But... Colonel Hathi is not going to do it until his little baby comes up and says, the man cub and I are friends, please. Oh, I can't say no to my kid. And he immediately is like, of course. And I love how he immediately crumbles. It's not even like, let me think about it. He's like, I was actually halfway through coming up with a plan. Yeah. And. I don't remember quite when this happened, but Colonel Hathi was addressing his regimen um, and he squeezes one elephant's nose and just crumples the elephant entirely. And I just love the face that this elephant made. 
Here's something. Yeah, you are. Yes. His entire neck just gets like scrunched up. <laughs> Alexia is pantomiming this yeah. elephant basically getting choked. Yeah. He's getting like. That happens at least once. It might happen a second time. Because this is the trumpeter elephant. He goes to do the. And then Hathi wraps his trunk around this dude's nose and he just goes. Yeah. Wasn't he like, no, we have to be stealthy or something? Like, this is not the way to go. Right, like, they haven't been crashing through the forest this past time. <laughs> They're elephants, yeah. But this is where, I think this is where we actually meet Shere Khan. He's, he yes. overhears um, Colonel Hathi telling his regiment the patrol orders to look for Mowgli. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shere Khan is being a great hunter and hiding in the brush. Mm -hmm. Um, So nobody notices the fact that he's two feet away from a herd of elephants. Completely out of sight. Mm -hmm. But But of course, he also slinks away and is like, excellent, I will find this man. I am intrigued. Yeah. The good news is that someone's already found Mowgli. And who is it? Why, it's Ka the Pooh. I mean... Winnie the car. <laughs> and he has once again managed to get Mowgli all hypnotized and wrapped up in his coils. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Shere Khan comes a-ringing. He pulls on, uh, I like this detail, that he pulls on Ka's door and a, a, a tail <laughs> and it ding-dongs. Ding-dongs. I love that. Like a doorbell. And I wrote down that Ka has to be extremely hungry to do what he does, which is fool Shere Khan. Yeah, because uh, Shere Khan basically... So the way the scene is positioned, um, we have Ka, who has wrapped most of his body around Mowgli, because Ka is an anaconda, and he don't want none, unless you've got man, hun. Uh-huh. Um, up in a, so up in a tree... Yep. Most of his body is wrapped around a small boy who has been hypnotized to not move or say anything. But Ka has his big long tail pointing down, which is what Shere Khan calls. Grabs. And then Ka himself is able to lower his head while leaving most of his body up. Yep. So Shere Khan can't tell that he has Mowgli in his reach. And uh, Ka mentions that he's doing some self-hypnosis. So he's like talking to himself. Yes, because he had been singing his hypnosis song. And that's why Shere Khan was like, who are you singing to? He's like, oh, uh, I sing to myself. And then we hear the telltale snores of man. (laughs) And Ka tries to play that off as a sinus issue. Yes, because Mowgli snores. He goes like... And then Ka responds by going, <laughs> he's just making a bunch of sound. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Shere Khan says, well, show me your midsection so I know there's nothing in there. And he like rotates like a bobbin to release yeah. a bit of his midsection and Shere Khan kind of like grabs it like he's testing it for ripeness. He tickles, he tickles the, the snake. <laughs> Yes, you hear him. He does like, Ooh, he, he. Ooh. but, but. It's, this is given. It's good. This conversation has given Mowgli time to break the trance, mm-hmm. and he once again pushes Ka off the branch, and Ka unwinds and accordions to the ground. And I've noticed that 
Ka knows one silk wrapping pattern. <laughs> he falls the exact same way both times. So he coils himself around trees the exact same way. Uh, he's very hungry. Clearly. <laughs> I I wrote that it was curtains for Ka. <laughs> Once again, he slinks away. <laughs> oh, bother. Uh, and then we cut to some vultures. Yeah, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want? Oh, oh no, don't start that again. again. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't start that again. Now, <laughs> the bald vulture is Jasper from 101 Dalmatians. Oh, is it? Sounds just like him. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but I gotta say, these are reasonably nice vultures. They immediately see a sad Mowgli and go over and try to cheer him up. I have to say that I suspect in real life, vultures are probably cordial to living <laughs> creatures because they have nothing that you want that they want. Like true. Vulture only cares when you're die when you're dead. But they're if also you're just fresh like- meat. But they're also just outrightly nice to him. They come and decide to cheer him up and make him their friend. Yeah, they want him to be their fifth harmony. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, though, when you're being hunted, singing in a chorus is probably not your best move. Because <laughs> Shere Khan finds him. Shere Khan not only finds him, um, they all sing a song, and Shere Khan comes in clutch with the baritone. Oh, yes, and finishes it off tight. Mm-hmm. Hey, <laughs> I can't do it. I just tried. Um, but it's very beautiful and deep and resonant and impressive. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think we have the gravitas of a, uh-huh. an aged tiger. <laughs> nope. But I... <laughs> I like two things about this. One, that the vultures immediately run away and start calling him your majesty and that they held on to the man for him. And two, that it is apparent that the wolves didn't teach Mowgli fear. I I wrote that these vultures were fair feathered friends. They <laughs> just immediately are like, here you go, Shere Khan. Yep. Um, but yeah, but Mowgli has no fear. None whatsoever. Because Shere Khan basically tells them it's like, it makes it more fun if you actually try to run. Right. Um, again, doesn't Shere Khan also say, like, such spirit is deserving of a fighting chance? Yes, because Mowgli told him, I'm not afraid of you. Yeah. So he does the uh, hide and seek where he puts his arm paw on a tree branch and puts his <laughs> face in it. Yeah. And starts to count. But Shere Khan has like big tiger energy. That's what's going on here. He does, but you know who also has big tiger energy? Fucking Mowgli, because he just goes and gets a stick, and he's like, "Come and get me, Kitty." Yes, yes. And is this is this about when Baloo? Yes. So Shere Khan leaps at Mowgli, and that's when we see the very first semblance of fear on this child's face. But Baloo comes in and literally grabs the tiger by the tail. You have to. He has to. 
that's the phrase you have to grab a tiger by its tail catch a tiger by the tail um uh but he does not let him go baloo holds fast and yells at Mowgli to run which he does and the vultures actually come back around and they come and get him out of the way <laughs> they come and, and get him and help him yeah they they figured out who's probably going to be on the right side of this fight <laughs> yeah and then once it looks like i do like that there's a bre- there's kind of like a couple scooby-doo moments in the middle of this fight um, at one point, the t- the vultures tell Baloo, it's like, you can let go of his tail now because we got the kid out of the way. And Baloo says, are you kidding? The other end's got teeth in it. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then a lightning strike because a storm has been gathering. Yes, yes. And we also see, well, we don't really see, but we get the impression that Baloo's not um, doing so well in this fight. Yes, he started to, he's tripped a little bit. He's He's been holding on to Bigir, Bigir. He's been holding on to Shere Khan's tail, which is basically the only thing that's been keeping him safe. But he trips. And that, of course, gets Shere Khan the advantage. And he just mm-hmm. starts beating the shit out of him. Yeah, he mauls that bear. He absolutely does. But again, the storm that has been brewing, a, a, a lightning strike, lightning strikes a dead tree that the vultures have been sitting in. And it catches fire. A perfect, perfect dead tree that is not surrounded by anything else that will catch on fire. And it hasn't started raining yet, so the so the moisture's still still low. Yeah, this is this is Mother Nature coming down and saying, "Okay, guys, let's break it up here." <laughs> yes. So Mowgli grabs a flaming branch, runs over to Shere Khan, who is so distracted by attacking Baloo that he's apparently like forgotten about Mowgli. So Mowgli yeah. gets cl- in striking distance, ties the flames in a knot, and runs away without Shere Khan noticing. He ties Shere Khan's tail around a branch into a yes. knot. Yes, I did not make that clear. Thank you for specifying, because <laughs> that is very necessary. It's um, insane. <laughs> yeah. And he only notices it when a vulture says, look behind you. Yeah, and then he's like, oh god, fire, oh no, it's so close flings his tail over his face to make it seem like he's surrounded by fire does what any cat would do which is freak the fuck out and run away yeah which i mean sure shere khan is scared and running away but on the other hand this is now a flaming tiger yeah i feel like we've made him more powerful if he wasn't so scared of his own butt once he realizes it uh but <laughs> tiger tiger burning bright yeah <laughs> um but we we also see what we think is a dead bear because yes. it seems that baloo has been mauled to death um He's but out still... of respect <laughs> well he appears to be dead but out of respect for the dead the vultures will wait 10 minutes until Mowgli turns around before they're going to get to him because yeah, because they're your friends yeah. <laughs> um, I also like how Bagheera comes out of nowhere and delivers a beautiful Toastmaker's speech to Baloo. <laughs> I, I, I love it because this was such a beautiful eulogy, but Baloo also thinks it's a beautiful eulogy. Yes, because uh, he, he he's not dead. He's actually just unconscious. And as Bagheera's speaking, you see his eyes go flip open. And Bagheera also says a line, uh, there lies one of nature's noblest creatures. And it's like, are you sure you're talking about Baloo? 
<laughs> and uh, he eventually wraps up his speech and is just like, come, let's go quietly. And Baloo ruins the game, uh, the whole thing by yelling, don't stop now. <laughs> then they're just like, oh my god, you're alive? Like, you jerk, so but mad. I love you. <laughs> yeah. I think Mowgli Mowgli does, of course, the kid thing where he's like, "Oh, I'm so happy, my best friend's yes. alive." But he's Bagheera's just excited. Like, yeah, but Bagheera's oh, like, he's "Stop it!" Mortified. Yeah. Um, and then like 12 seconds later, we're at the Man Village or the border to the Man Village, we're like there. Yeah. So again, you know, I have to note this climax. Uh, was around 10 minutes to the end of the movie, and Seriously. like after that, it's just like, "Hey, Man Village was just." Five right feet that way. Let's go there. <laughs> and and a girl, oh. <laughs> a girl shows up. As or... I wrote, oh man, there's a woman in the story. Yeah, our first female character since the Wolf Mother, and she's just called the girl. By the way, no name. The girl. Um, that scans. <laughs> it does. <laughs> And Mowgli, as you said, completely grasped by hormones, goes, what's that? And Baloo says, they ain't nothing but trouble. Damn women. They're always trouble, aren't they? Women and their wiles. Yeah. Mowgli proves that he is truly a man, not a manimal. When he's yes. obsessed with this female. Girl, this girl who's singing a song about how her dad's hunting her mom's cooking, so she has to go get the water. But it's okay, because one day she'll be married, and her husband will go hunting, and she'll be home cooking, and she'll send her own kid to fetch water. Motherhood. And I just wrote, she aspires to so little, but she seems very happy with it. I'm, like, a trad wife in any way whatsoever, but this time period... Lot, I guess, going on. If you live in a small, remote man village out in the middle of the jungle, you're probably mostly spending your time hoping that you're not going to get killed by that giant flaming tiger outside that just got released into the wild. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe I kind of get it. Maybe I kind of get that some days I too just sit here and go, boy, I wish I could just spend my days gathering water and doing and caring about nothing else. That's a fair point. I think I would aspire to be like. A panther rider yeah i mean that would probably be what the majority of the rest of my days would be um but maybe it's this um but also uh, aim higher girl yeah the other thing that is uh mowgli keeps trying to get closer to look at her and eventually she he's like on a branch looking directly at her and she does not care that she is being creeped on yeah and I just want to put like us and our listeners in this position where if you were just out in your safe zone, really getting, um, I don't know, water, maybe checking the mail and you just turn over and just see a creepy kid about your age staring at you from the forest, would your first reaction be, oh, <laughs> I should flirt with them? Right. I, mm, I... Well, that is clearly her uh, her goal here, because she gathers water in her pot, balances on her head, and turns to go home. And then when she looks 
to see and make sure that Mowgli's still watching or she just goes, oh. Yeah, she accidentally drops it. Accidentally. Oopsies. Butterfingers. Oops-a-doodle. And then he just kind of kicks it up and follows her into the village and barely says anything to his family that he has known or lived with for the last 10 years. He doesn't say anything. He just shrugs helplessly uh, and continues doing her chore for her. Her one chore. Uh, yeah. And and Baloo and Bagheera are just like, oh, well, I guess this kind of sucks. All right. Well, we're going to go out. I, I have Baloo's like, I have some really serious internal bleeding. Maybe I should go take care of that. But but first, we need to reprise Bear Necessities. And this time, Bagheera joins in. Aw, and that is a... Like, this is, my, this is my criticism of the movie. I really, really, really hate this ending. Mm-hmm. But I do really love that we get to see Bagheera and Baloo kind of like jauntily continuing to be right. life partners. Jazzing about. <laughs> yeah. I like that he gets with the beat when his major stress is gone. Yeah. He's like, oh, finally that kid's out of my hair. Woo, party time! Let's do drugs and live our life. That's what this is. I'm all for it. <laughs> but that's that's it. That's how it ends. <laughs> that is the end of the Jungle Book. And I have a question for you now. <gasps> what is your question? My question is, did you like this movie and would you recommend it? And my answer is an emphatic yes and yes. I loved this movie. It is a joy to watch um, no matter how old you are. Uh, And the songs are great. The animation is wonderful. Um, And if you just go along for the ride and ignore (laughs) what the plot is supposed to be, it's great. But what about you? I also like it and I also recommend it. I will say I like it a little less than I did when I was a kid. Um, I remember watching it like constantly when I was younger. I don't think that I'm going to be like watching this on the repeat cycle, but I did really like it. I enjoyed it. It was fun. I think that it's definitely worth watching. It has a lot of moments that are still super relevant. A lot of jokes that are still made. Bare necessities is one of those zeitgeist things. So yeah. But yeah. um what are we what are we what's what's happening next well we're uh we can't get away from animals quite yet because next week's film is the aristocats aristocats but not the aristocrats which is a completely different thing yes no that's something else totally totally something else um i'm gonna refrain from trying to make an aristocrats joke well, I'm not doing the summary, so we'll see. <laughs> I think you're going to do it anyway. But okay. uh, uh, do, anything else on uh, the Book of Jungle? Uh, no, I think I'm I'm ready to take my jungle cruise and uh, I don't know, learn about the bare necessities of life. I don't know. I don't have a good wrap up for this. Uh, I have to go to the Man Village. Ah, I'm so sorry. Me too. I will never Bye. see you again. Farewell. <laughs> <laughs> if you do it'll be for elect- electric boogaboo electric boogaboo it is all right well um so long glamour boys so long glamour boys 
Damsels Who Discuss is created and produced by Crow's Nest's podcast. Your hosts are Galley Articola and Alexia Thurumalai. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash damsels who discuss, all one word. On Instagram at instagram.com slash damsels who discuss, all one word again. And on Twitter at twitter.com slash damsels who disco, because Twitter has a character limit. Or you can also email us at damselswhodiscuss at gmail.com. So long, Glamour Boys! So long, Glamour Boys! (laughs) 